tomorrow, so that's we'll meet good. you there. Hello! Hello! Yeah, this is it. This is it. We are doing we- intro right now. Oh, okay. I'm Rose. I'm Stephanie. And this is Sister X. Woo! The podcast where we talk about murder, murder. mayhem, madness, madness, and all the things in between. It's so, fun. good shit. Good last shit. episode, we talked about the terrible, terrible person who is Diane Downs. She was awful. If you just, ugh, just re listen to it. Re listen to it. Look out. Just really, really let it sink in how awful of a person she was. And then rate and review us. Yeah. Please. It'd be great. Like, definitely will. Anywho. Uh, for my story today, to spearhead our podcast journey, Woo! I have chosen Charity Lamb, the first convicted murderess in the Oregon Territory. Charity Lamb. Charity what? Lamb. The cutest name. That sounds, yeah. First of all. That sounds like the most innocent name in the world. And that's, I'm not going to lie, it's one of the reasons why I picked her. That's like what, like, I immediately clicked on her. Hmm. I was hmm. like, maybe I, I don't care what time, but. What, when this happened? Maybe it's a stage name. I don't think they had stages where she's from. <laughs> where she's from. So, Miss Charity Lamb was born in 1818 in the small town in rural North Carolina. Charity was decently educated for her time, having both the ability to read and write, which I feel like 1818 North Carolina. That's a strong independent that's a, woman. Yeah, no, get it, girl. Charity met her first and only husband, Nathaniel Lamb, in 1837 at age 19. Ten short months after their wedding, their first and only daughter, Marianne, was born. Since Nathaniel's life was being a farmer, the couple would spend the next 14 years focusing on their land, growing their family throughout the state of Missouri. They moved a lot. Busy folk. folk. Yeah, that's about the time that everyone was kind of moving Mm -hmm. towards the West. Yeah. Uh, It was in 1852, the Lamb family decided to leave their current home in White, Missouri, which is a complete, obsolete ghost town now. Like, we're a small town. This is like population 100. White Missouri? Yeah, White Missouri. Huh. It's teensy. I feel like that name doesn't age well either. No, no, it does not. Yeah, um, also Googling White Missouri does not come up (laughs) with great results. So, you're on a list. Yeah, I'm on a list. (laughs) So, when the family decided to leave their home in Missouri, they embarked on a five month journey along the Oregon Trail. They eventually settled about 10 miles up from the Clackamas River, where Oregon City is now today, which is 15 miles from where we're sitting right now. So, it's like we could literally drive there and be like, what? Oh, no shit. Yeah, right? Get in the car. Did you ever play Oregon Trail when you... Oh, yeah. I died of dysentery multiple times. So, I went to school in California, and I played Oregon Trail down there. Was... This is a stupid question. Was it, like, different playing it when you're in Oregon? Like, you know oh, no, more about it? What? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Just just checking. Just taking a survey. Just just surveying the land. <laughs> no, it was, I mean, it was cool because, like, eh, it's Oregon. Oregon, like, that's from us. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was weird. You're awesome. welcome. Yeah. We made the best game ever. We're welcome elementary school kids of the 1990s. Yeah, right. You're welcome. All right. Back into it. By 1854, the Lamb family had heartily grown, now with six children. Jesus. Marianne and her five younger brothers. Abraham and Thomas are the only male children to be named publicly, publicly, however, the three youngest sons' identities being lost in the system after the accident. Wait, 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 wait. That brings us to May 1854. Five years before Oregon attained her official statehood, there was a lonesome pioneer cabin nestled deep in the wooded hills of the Oregon frontier. Around the dimly lit supper table, the Lamb family is listening to their father telling his sons and teenage daughter Marianne about the day's tales of excitement on their land. 
the newest addition to the Lamb family, an infant boy, was cradled near the table, joining in the conversation with coos and babbles. <laughs> a picturesque moment until... That's how I join in conversations. Oh, yeah. Coos and babbles. <laughs> the occasional little, like, <laughs> noises. Yeah, yeah. Little yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Singing series. interludes. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> a picturesque moment until... An eerie pause draped itself across the supper table. Charity excused herself and left the table without a sound. She proceeded to casually walk over to the family's woodpile and grab the axe that Nathaniel had been using earlier that day. Charity stood up behind her husband's chair and drove the axe blade into the back of Nathaniel's head. Not once, but twice. Ow. Her, <laughs> right. Ugh. Ugh, headache. Ugh. Her Did arm. he die? <laughs> Hold on. Okay. <laughs> the story's not over. Okay, 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 okay. Got okay, like okay. 700 more pages. So maybe he, maybe he lived. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> Her arms trembling from the impact. Nathaniel fell to the floor, silence for a moment. My dog is barking. Nathaniel laid there, looking wildly at his wife. My dear, why did you kill me for? Grasping for consciousness, it was then that Charity and her daughter, Marianne, fled their home, leaving Nathaniel still alive, but writhing painfully in a pool of his own blood. Oh, no! <laughs> They're like, Why did you kill me? Bye! <laughs> Dinner oh, was great! No. Gotta go! It's like that scene in Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> brain? When Ray Liotta's eating yeah. his own brain? Um, nom, nom, nom. My favorite Ray Liotta role? <laughs> Officers later found Charity smoking a pipe at her neighbor's cabin almost a half a mile away. She told the constable that found her that she didn't mean to kill the critter, only intended to stun him. She called him a critter? Hmm. All right. Dad, nonchalantly. Hmm. She was sorry that she had not struck him a little harder. Constable. I mean, I mean, glad you want to self-improve. When finally asked what Charity and Marianne were doing at the neighbor's property and why Charity had fled the scene so quickly, she said her only concern was her safety and whether or not that Nathaniel would come and find her. I was afraid that the man that I attacked with an axe might also attack me. Me, you know. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's fair Valid. if he does. If yeah. he does, that's fair. I, I mean, that's literally tip I feel like attack. if you do that, you have to kind of just deal with that. <laughs> it sucks to be you at that point. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> well, nothing short of a miracle that Nathaniel had survived as long as he had with such extensive damage to the skull and brain. Nathaniel would succumb to his wounds a week later. So he made it seven days. What? Seven days in pioneer time. Yeah. Just losing his goddamn brain. God. How does it? And I complain about heartburn. <laughs> this guy's like, Jesus. Like, oh, God. It hurts. This headache's killer. Oh, it literally is killing it's me. Literally killing me. An autopsy was performed on Nathaniel by the Clackamas County Coroner. Clackamas County. Clackamas County. Dr. Forbes Barclay. He would describe in detail the two fatal wounds. The first blow, a gash on the top of the head, five inches long, front to back, perforated the brain. The second blow, a deep gash, lower and on the back of the skull, either blow should have been fatal. Jesus. Or Clay would eventually testify against Charity on the behalf of the state during her trial. Hmm. Nathaniel's body was taken to the local church to be buried. The same church that would later take full legal custody of the lamb children before auctioning them off to be raised by other families, per the state's ruling. They, like, auctioned off for money? Like, they auctioned, they, like, the land, the kids, everything just went out. Do you think they, like, sold them in bundles? Like, you get the kid, you get the kid's bed, you get the dresser. Oh, maybe. I don't think they had much, though. 1818? Or 1854, True. I guess, at in this point. In very early Oregon. It's just yeah. sticks and bricks. And sticks like, and bricks. That's all it is. You get the sticks and I get the bricks. 
And the kid. And the kid, the kid. I guess. If you, I mean... If you want them, you can get a couple boys. I can imagine... I wouldn't imagine that people are paying for the children, considering how much of a burden they'd be. It'd be more like... I think it's for uh, farm help. Oh, yeah. Like slaves and stuff. Oh. Just child labor. Hmm. Like indentured servitude kind yeah. of. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, the one-of-a-kind trial would begin once the coroner had established criminal intent. Two months after Nathaniel's death, an indictment was finally issued for Charity Lamb, now age 36, and her 17-year-old daughter, Mary Ann. Why did it take so long? Old time. Like, Send a horse. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I mean, nowadays it takes, what, half an hour from my house to your house, so <laughs> that would take, what, <laughs> five days? Yeah, so I... <laughs> There's no tunnel. There's <laughs> It's a it's a hike. I'm pretty like, sure it took them like a day plus to realize that she wasn't even at the house anymore. Cause like, what's a guy gonna do? He's laying there. Yeah, nobody's calling the house because yeah. there's no phone. Kids aren't. Yeah, kids kids aren't. are old-ish. I mean, they're mid tweens if this. Like, they're they're hmm. not that old. And you know, at that time, you just mind your own business. Yeah, you're like, not my fucking problem. <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> my neighbor half a mile away. I have work Hope to you do. Didn't get an axe to the head. Ugh. We're doing chickens tomorrow, so that's we'll need good- you there. I feel like that's a good greeting. Like, any axes in your head today? No, I'm good. Oh, shit. Good, good. Good. Good day. That's a good day, yeah. (sighs) Mo thinks it's a great day. Mo agrees, yeah. So, as uh, some of you might be wondering, why Marianne? Why Marianne? Damn it, Gilligan. To get to Marianne's involvement in her father's murder, I first need to introduce you to the last player in our story, a drifter only by the name of Collins. Collins surfaced in the Willamette Valley in the summer of 1853 and had worked along the neighborhood near the Lamb's homestead. The drifter was charming, young, and quick-witted. Shortly after his arrival, he had not only seduced Charity, but managed to also seduce her daughter as well. Fucking drifters! <laughs> Fucking drifter scum. God damn it, drifters. Where was he from? Um, California. Fucking Californians coming to Oregon fucking shit up. <laughs> sorry, Oregonians. We're sorry. The Lamb women would soon become so captivated by Collins that they both vowed to elope with him to California and leave Oregon forever. Did they both know they were both eloping with him? Or was it like a... They knew. Weird. Yeah, huh. Right? It's, huh. yeah, it's kind of progressive. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't weird. know if I'd say progressive. <laughs> I'd say regressive. <laughs> <laughs> this and is the icky. opposite, okay? Icky is the word is, I would use. Gross. Would Mom! Both like the same guy. We should oh both God. marry him. Right? Borderline Mormon. <laughs> That's what it could very well be. Uh, this kind of female attention was not new to Collins. Quite the opposite, in fact. Prior to working in the Willamette Valley, Collins had the reputation of breaking up marriages and swindling young women in various towns across multiple states. Oh, he's a player. But when the time came to leave, Collins packed up and left for California all by himself. All by himself. Charity promised Collins in a letter that she would leave her husband and join him. Also including that she would, of course, bring Marianne with her. What so the fuck? They don't really touch base any further, but I'm, I mean, they're getting buck wild. I, I would assume so. I would just That's imagine crazy. you're trying to just do this whole narrative of multiple wives and it's just... Like... That's insane. It's 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 icky. I mean, I love my mom, but <laughs> not like that. Nathaniel found out about his wife and daughter's plans to run away with the drifter and threatened to stop him. Nathaniel destroyed the letters and promised there'd be great repercussions for their actions. They never heard from Collins again. So Nathaniel knew why she killed him. That brings us 
to the trial. Dun 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 dun. 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 Oh, is it Law and Order noise? <laughs> dun, 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 dun dun. Copyright <laughs> demonetized. <laughs> On July thirteenth, eighteen fifty-four, Charity appeared in the U.S. District Court for the Oregon Territory. Marianne ha- was tried on her own and was tried as an adult and had been acquitted days earlier for her trial, which lasted less than a day. So they just figured she was involved. It's mm-hmm. sketchy, but like obviously. You didn't do it. We're assuming you had no idea that this was going to happen. Yeah. Because who just picks up an axe, right? Yeah. The same attorneys who represented Mary Ann were then appointed to represent Charity, with the presiding judge being Cyrus Olney. Charity's court-appointed lawyers pled not guilty, hinting towards insanity. Because, yeah. you know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Excuse me. What are you doing? I mean, the whole insanity defense thing always cracks me up because in order to take somebody's life, you have to be somewhat insane. You have to have that moment of just... But that doesn't make you any less culpable. You still did it. You still should be punished for it. Also, and you think about the time period. So if a woman acts out in any type of situation at this point. Yeah, she's obviously crazy. Yeah, it's not great. She's got the vapors. She's got the vapors. Charity was being charged with premeditated murder. A charge which carried the weight of the death penalty. Charity was silent and said nothing when asked to plead the charges to the court. Charity would continue to remain silent for the bulk of her trial. She stood before the judge, carrying her infant son in her arms. Her appearance was pale and sallow, emaciated as a skeleton. Her clothing was thin, torn, and dirty. She had a sad, abstracted, and downcast look. God, Poor thing. Oh. The trial was eventful in several ways. For instance, when selecting the jury, the prosecutor asked the panelists one main question only, and as if they had any hesitation about hanging a woman for murder. Ooh. Really putting this into perspective because of the time, yeah. women just, they've never been sentenced to die. This has never happened. So this, this is, is like in America completely? Frontier-wise. Frontier-wise, okay. Um, federal judicial system for the, this part of the frontier. Uh-huh. That's crazy. And despite being a jury of her peers, of course, all the jurors selected were men, as women were not allowed to serve on juries. Of course, because they would be peers. (laughs) God forbid (laughs) they were literal peers. (sighs) Like, on one side, you're like, how unfair, but on the other side, you're like, well, like, it's pretty cut and dry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) That's how cut and dry it is. The jurors, after the juror selection was complete and while waiting for a September 11th trial in Oregon City, Charity was in custody at the local jail, (laughs) still having to sit there and wait two additional months. You can't just sneak that in. I did. (laughs) So. The first line of defense being brought forth by Charity's lawyers was the insanity plea. The lawyers claimed her to be a monomaniac. Monomania being characterized by an exaggerated or obsessive enthusiasm or preoccupation for one thing. And Collins was that one thing for charity. Huh. The lawyers, nevertheless, thought she was just pretending and that although her mind may have been deranged, there was not enough to show moral ignorance, the traditional test of legal insanity. So that's just out the fucking window. They're like, no, 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 no. You had a crush. And yeah. then you're like, huh, no. no like, this isn't like- going to work. So the lawyers are thinking, okay. What else can we come up with? Their second defense. They argued that she did not intend to kill her husband, also referring to her initial statement that she only meant to stun him to get him to go away. But the room agreed, again, the reason was overly excessive, and that a blow with an axe blade instead of its butt was hardly the choice for stunning. And, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, but... Like, if you want to stun someone, say, 
I've been having an affair. That that would that, stun me. I don't need an axe to the back of the head to be stunned. What? It's like, as equally cut his hand support. off. Do cut his foot off. Why do straight head? for the fucking head? Like you know what you're doing. Like come on. You were upset that he didn't die immediately. Is That's, what you were upset about. Stunning him. Whoops. Whoa. Like, yeah. like maybe, okay, maybe she wanted to hit him with the butt, right? And the first time she goes, she's like, oh, shit, that's not the butt. So she Too picks it down. up. Instead of turning around, she, she keeps just, it that way and she does just, it again. She just 360 turned it. Like, she turned it right okay, back around. turn it. <laughs> oh, fuck. I just hit him again. She's just really stupid. She's just dumb. <laughs> well. <laughs> she could read and write. I don't know. Ooh, she's, yeah, she, pretty, she's advanced. That, you know what? They were just scared of her. Maybe. They are scared of an educated She can spell woman. acts. And they're like, fuck. <laughs> she's not crazy. She can spell. She's so witch. <laughs> yeah, a whole other side story. The third Ooh. and final defense. Charity's lawyers urged that she killed in order to save herself. Throughout her marriage, Nathaniel had been both physically and mentally abusive on top of being an alcoholic since the beginning of their marriage in 1837. Isn't that all men of that era? I think that's I mean, just being a man in 1837. Not to be sexist, but very rarely have I heard stories from the 1800s of men being oh so sweet. <laughs> There's no Time magazine... Man of the year. Man of the year. I mean, there might have been, but he probably also hit his wife. Yeah. (laughs) That's why he was in Man of the Year. His wife is super obedient. (laughs) He hit her the hardest. (laughs) And with most efficiency. It's terrible. For the record. For the record. We know it's terrible. If it happens, leave right away. Please, for the love of God, that's what I did. You have to leave as (laughs) soon as it starts. Just get out. All the other children testified and corroborated the abuse of their mother, stating that their parents quarreled lots of times. Quarreled. Quarreled. What a polite word for he beat the shit out of her all the time. (laughs) Or in this case, the quarrels varying from one instance where Nathaniel threw a hammer at her, leaving a gash on her forehead. He was just trying to stun her. (laughs) (laughs) Hurts, don't it? Oh, no. Uh, on several occasions, Charity was too sick to leave the bed. Nathaniel threatened her with violence in order for her to get up and get back to work. Son Abram admitted to the court, One winter, he knocked her out down with his fists and kicked her over and over in the snow. Remember, hmm. these these are younger kids. I mean, th- that's pretty well-formed sentences. She probably taught them how to read and write. Probably. Unfortunately, the abuse she was enduring fell upon deaf ears. Charity had told others in town about the horrible things that her husband was doing or had done, including him trying to even poison her, all in the hopes of getting help, but no townspeople responded to her plight. It's what we were talking about, though. Like, you mind your own business. Like, that's your land. That's your fuck up. That's, we're not. Like, I'm I'm sorry. sorry. Your husband beats you. He, my husband beats me. Like, deal with it. Like, and at that time... Like, it's easy to say, leave him, but, like, at that time, you can't. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? She has how many kids? Six. Six. She has six kids. Yeah. Some of them are very young. But is she going to abandon all of them? Or is she going to have to take them with her, be a single mother, be cast out because she's divorced or what have you? Yeah, no, it's not that easy. So a guy shows up. It's easier to just shut down and, like, shut up and then, and then, uh, yeah, Colin's showing up trying to, he's telling her all the right, right? All the right things. And, mm mm-mm. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she's sweeping them off their feet. Mm-hmm. Charity did attempt to flee her husband on multiple occasions, but always having to return back when her husband was in hot pursuit and would always begin to shoot at her. What? <laughs> I guess I should have included that with the other people. I feel like this is like a scene from like an old western where like the I bad mean, guy's running away and like the guy's on a horse is. like, come back here! Yeah. Like, well, yeah. We'll talk yeah, there's a little bit later about the shooting, but yeah, no, it's... Jesus. But it wasn't until Nathaniel had found the love letters from Collins to both his wife and daughter that Nathaniel Lamb had officially lost his shit. After the discovery of the letters, Nathaniel had promised to kill Charity, take the boys, and start a new life in California just to see how she'd like it. <laughs> you didn't put that last little bit in, but, like, what are the odds that you're all going to both run off to California? Seems kind of weird. Like, yeah. It's like, well, I can go to California, too. Meh. <laughs> it's exactly how it went down. One week before his murder, during a routine argument around the household, Nathaniel told his wife that she would not live on his expense for longer than a week, and he was going to kill her next Saturday night. At what point in a podunk argument do you give specifications like, you got seven days and 14 hours, basically? Like I'm going to kill you. Yeah. You don't know how, but as Julie Chen says on Big Brother, expect the unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) Plot twist! (gasps) Guess what day a week fell on? The day that she tried to stun him. Yep. So at that point, was she trying to self-defense herself? Like, did she know her time's up? Did she know, fuck, it's supper She's time. She's like, it's, I gotta do this now or he's gonna kill me. Shit. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, oh. This really does turn everything around. Yeah. Like, at first I'm just like, fuck this crazy yeah. bitch. But I'm like, and you're like oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. This yeah. crazy bitch. Okay. So now that the courts have a threat narrowed down to a specific time frame, they could further investigate Nathaniel's abuse cases. The court was actually able to determine that earlier that week, Nathaniel had sold his mare in preparation for the trip to California. Tell me this mare, that's serious. That's serious money, though. Because mm, yeah. you're a farmer. Yeah. You got, got that, you don't got a lot when of When I had to money. move, I had to sell my mare. And they're not cheap. It's not, it wasn't easy. No. This solidified his intent to harm Charity and make do on his promise. When that fateful Saturday arrived, it had arrived seemingly like any other morning. Nathaniel went off on a bear hunt, but before he rode off into the woods, the children saw him firing a gun again towards their mother. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, dad's shooting at mom again. Bye, Pop. <laughs> Tell mom, mom get in the house. He's shooting again. <laughs> Jesus. Once Nathaniel got back from his hunt and got settled, the lambs would have their last supper as a family. I, would, I wouldn't want to be on this jury. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, guys. See, this is when people are like, oh, if you could travel back in time, wouldn't you? I'm like, fuck no. no. Especially being a woman. Fuck that. No. <laughs> it's not technically great for us now. <laughs> It's better. Yeah. (laughs) Emphasis. Judge Olney had stressed the case of self-defense to the jury. He even went as far to bend the law of self-defense in an attempt to show the leniency that's not typically warranted even by today's standards. So Judge Olney, he didn't fall for it, but you see this frail little thing holding a baby, baby and she's not talking and she's just scared but then you're, like, hearing all the other stuff, and you still, I think it's still getting them, like, look at this. Yeah. Because she's, yeah, how could you even? And like you said about, like, a woman hadn't been at this level of 
crime or what have you in this area. So this is like such a and, new thing. And to make it to a trial with a jury and you're like, okay, well, we weren't prepared for this. Yeah. We don't have questions ready for this. He did instruct the, uh, the jury that she must be found innocent if she acted out of a genuine belief in self-preservation, even if that belief was a delusion of a disordered mind. So he was really pushing it. He's trying yeah. to break that fourth wall, really trying to like... Sway yeah. his vote, but despite this, the jury found Charity guilty of second-degree murder. It's because there's a bunch of dudes who've never been beaten by their husbands. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if only they had husbands if to only. beat them. <laughs> they determined that while she might have been justified in interpreting her husband's threats as inevitable, they were not imminent, and her anxiety did not rise to the level of legal insanity. So giving it a time and a day wasn't isn't good enough. imminent? Yeah. Sounds pretty imminent to me. Sounds like the fucking definition of imminent. I know. Isn't that weird? Mm. Huh. (laughs) Pretty sure if I just, like, click to find imminent on Google Docs. About to fucking happen. Yeah. Um, Just, like, putting that out there. Apparently, the men in that jury did not know how to read or write. (laughs) (laughs) Fuckers. The jury did share, just, they showed, like, just a little bit of sympathy for her in her story. And urged leniency on the judge's part in regards to final sentencing. So they figured... She totes did it, but ball's in your court. So I guess it's up to you. Yeah. What does ye olde frontier town say? And this is, I guess, what ye olde frontier town had to say. September 17th, 1854, the day of sentencing, Charity stood before the judge, still having her infant son in her hands, in her arms. Judge only asked if she had anything to say, still remaining silent up until this point. This is the first time she had broke her silence. I knew he was going to kill me. To which the judge replied, Well, the jury thinks you ought to have just gone away. She responded, with tears in her eyes, Well, he told me not to go, and if I went, that he would follow me, and find me somewhere, and he was a mighty good shot. He gave me a chance to go once, and I consented. I even gave up my baby and started running. He told me to come back, or he'd drop me in my tracks. So I came back. The judge paused before continuing. The jury recommended you to mercy, but the law gives the court no such discretion. The sentence, therefore, is that you're being conveyed to the penitentiary of this territory and there be imprisoned and kept at hard labor as long as you shall live. Lamb wept and was led from the courtroom, carrying her son, which would soon be taken from her and auctioned off with his fellow brothers. What happened to the daughter? She auctioned off too? Um, she... Because she was acquitted. She was acquitted, so she just she just lived her life. She just went off. She, she they just, they cut her loose. Because hmm. she was, I mean, I guess, like, still kind of considering the age. I mean, she was... Yeah. Because she was, like... So Charity must... She was 36, so... Okay. Marianne was, like, 17. Okay, so Marianne was, like, old enough to be on her own. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. She, she could survive. I mean, she probably didn't live a good life. She yeah, had, no, nobody did that. <laughs> not after this. <laughs> probably never met another drifter. You never know. Or she did. It's the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> They're all drifters. That's how they got here. The Oregon Drift Trail. That's quite literally <laughs> the Oregon Drift Trail. The law mandated that she be sentenced to a life in prison, which was the most lenient sentence a judge could technically impose for the crime. Charity spent her first two years incarcerated in the local jail before being transported to the Oregon State Penitentiary, where she was sentenced to perform the hard labor. So from 1854 to 1862. In 1862, while she remained Oregon's only female inmate. Oh, God, that's going to be so lonely. Because, like, I mean, at least jail, there's some socialization. Yeah. But she probably was separated from the men. Mm-hmm. Probably had all men guards. Well, they, uh, she got the... So part of her, her hard labor was, mm-hmm. like, laundry. 
I guess, because it's it's, yeah. it's women work. It's women. It's hard women labor. Work. Yeah, and it, and it is. It's uh, warden's clothes, prisoners' clothes, stuff. Just so she became the laundry woman. Yeah, for the and, prison, and she basically. was very well tempered throughout the whole the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, so she had like some privileges, but she did focused on like the warden stuff. And if he needed, yeah. gotcha. They gave her like the higher. I don't how you'd word it exactly, but it's like hard labor, I guess, for yeah. all-time girls. So think about how awkward it is now when you're like, hey, honey, will you go get me some tampons? <laughs> you're like, hey. Did the men have to learn some hard facts real quick when she's like, hey, guys, so it's that time of month again. Yeah. Like, I need something to help me out. Like, Can't you just go outside? <laughs> is that, will that be the solution? Can you I go do that somewhere else? I, <laughs> Not like we'll stop being so hysterical. (laughs) Yeah, God, Jesus, women. But despite that, Charity had no desire to ever leave the penitentiary. Um, she never tried to escape, and then she actually got a a commendation in the prison newspaper for her hardiness. Huh? What do you have to do in a prison to get a hardiness award? Well, being the the only female one, is it like in the female category, and she's the only one, so she wins by default? Yeah. I would well, imagine. I mean, imagine, so you're you're in a terrible relationship. You have to take care of all these kids, this farm, all the stuff. You're already used to doing all this hard work. And on top of it, you're getting beat. And now you don't have to worry about your three square meals. Yeah. You have, you have a job. You're doing a job every day. Mm. They're probably thankful for her doing the job. They're probably not a complete, complete assholes to her. And it's still, it's, they're probably baffled. I'd be baffled when I... For, yeah. She first came into the fold, and you're like, oh, fuck, oh, what do yeah. I do with this? So she probably gets treated better in jail than she did in her real life. Well, that'd be nice. I'm not saying, like, what no, she did like, was just, No, but, but, like, it probably... Breaking rock versus doing laundry. Yeah, it probably... probably by hand. Well, it's by hand, obviously. Yeah. I mean, she was doing laundry that anyway. at home anyways. It's all the same shit she was doing. Yeah. Just not she, getting shot she's at. She's not getting shot at <laughs> beat. Yeah. <laughs> Wait like, a minute. I see this as a win-win. <laughs> Three hots in a cot situation. All exactly. Right. Like, okay. she doesn't have to worry, like, oh, no, is the farm going to fail? Or yeah. we have to move another state and all that hard labor. We're traveling another children. five months. Yeah, exactly. So. Five years after her conviction, um, Quaker missionaries were inspecting the prison and noted that Miss Charity was not sound of mind. This might not be the best place for her. Oh. Yeah? <laughs> As I'm saying, like, this yeah. is probably great. <laughs> yeah. But, well, there's it. Like, talking to their only lone female resident, Charity mm-hmm. maintained her innocence in that she had done nothing wrong. They're, so they didn't like they, Yeah. They're like, and they're Quakers. They're Quakers. They're like, whoa, 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 lady. With the axe. You calm yeah. down. So the Quakers had her transferred to the Oregon Hospital of the Insane. Oh, that's great. That's, that's fucking probably, great. Probably fucking wonderful. <laughs> it's probably a great facility. <laughs> it's probably way better than just hanging out with... With the warden doing yeah. his laundry. Like, yeah. I feel like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> Quakers have to shit. ruin the party. So she was joined... So she was part of now a 34-resident asylum. Five being women. So she has more women here, though. But they're crazy. fat shit nuts. <laughs> Fucking Looney Tunes. Oh, Jesus. And she's like, I just got tired of getting beat. Yeah. <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, unfortunately. Oh. I got all excited for a second. I read the wrong line. Visitation was allowed in this new facility, but Charity never received a visitor. Oh, 
Oh, wait, all our kids are gone. They they all got sold off. Yeah. And, they, and who Who's knows gonna visit her? what other people told them about her. And then some with communication, like, who knows if they even knew where she was. They probably didn't. And the point. daughter probably ran down to California, hooked up with a drifter. And She's like, hey, y'all got more drifters on you? <laughs> I heard this is where all the drifters come yeah. from. Where <laughs> are them drifters? They did find a surviving record of Charity's life in the asylum in 1865. Um, just a quick little blurb is that she sat knitting as if visiting a party went through the hall face fixed in a half smiling contentment apparently as satisfied with her lot as happiest of the sane people with theirs so she was just seeing shit also at the end apparently yeah like they're just saying ah, maybe we broke her <laughs> yeah maybe i mean she could have already been kind of broken but yeah that's not good and being around all those crazy people they're like oh you just talk to yourself oh yeah. i could do that well and if <laughs> she's Who's she gonna talk to? I know that's the thing. Yeah, like I said, she like probably inadvertently inadvertently made her mad. There's a thing like you have to have some sort of female contact when you're female. Like yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's a requirement. Who are you gonna sink your periods with? <laughs> the wall. The wall. The wall doesn't have periods. It doesn't know what cramps are. Jesus. Aw, speaking of walls, yeah. true to the sentence mandated by the court, Charity was kept behind the walls so long as she lived. I probably shouldn't laugh at the part where I'm like, she died. She died. Charity died in that asylum in 1879. Her family gone, her gravesite unattended. Forgiveness never given. Her death was recorded as an apoplexy, likely due to a stroke or internal hemorrhaging of the brain. I wonder where she's buried. She actually is buried, was buried in Portland. At, um, I forget the cemetery, but they ended up, the county paved over it. For buildings. Hold on, my calendar page. Right? It's like the all of the asylums patients were thrown yeah. into a pit, basically, because old days. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, fuck, we can't do anything with this. This is just fuck. rumbly bones. So they just... They didn't even do, like, a pauper's grave. They just... Shit. Yeah. Um, so that's... That's it. That's- um, she thus became the first woman convicted of murder in the Oregon Territory. and was only the second time in an Oregon jury has decided the matter of felony charges against a woman. The first being her daughter. And she was the eighth person ever to be incarcerated in Oregon. What? So even though she's in... There's still only yeah. seven other people there. So it's like, what the... F- it's like a shack. Well, like, yes. It, oh my goodness. That's insane. That was a really good story. Yeah, it's a short and sweet one, but it's like... Because, you know, you don't you get way hundreds ago, and you, you get they, limited information, but yeah, exactly. it was a gem, and I had to... It was axe-related, and I, I had to do it. Yeah, downside... There's so much material, because she did all those freaking recordings and stuff. Oh, yeah. But Crazy. yeah, oh my gosh. That, that was really cool. I like that. Well, sad, but yeah. I liked it. Woo! Woo! We did it! Yeah, Oregon! Oregon! Putting crazy people in jail! <laughs> Starting trends! <laughs> Early. Do we have anything else? I think I have some axe puns saved just for this situation. Axe puns? I also titled this episode, It Was an Accident. I literally can't help axe puns. She meant to stun him. Just meant stun the critter. And stun the critter. I like how she called him a critter. I'm going to start calling Natasha a critter. Little critter. Just don't ask her a question. She won't know the answer to (laughs) Is that one of your puns? Yeah. All right, Dad. (laughs) These are stupid. These aren't even puns. All right, let's see here. The Paris Aquarium is giving unwanted goldfish a second chance. Aww. Over the past few years, the aquarium has become a refuge for unwanted goldfish. 
to the extent that barely a day goes by without a local resident dropping off an unwanted pet. How many goldfish do you need to see come through that you're gonna like, we need to have the whole organization dedicated to this? It's a Paris Aquarium. Oh, there you go. The French. At last count, the aquarium has more than 1,000 goldfish, 600 of which are rescues, and the numbers continue to grow. Okay, so <laughs> next time we see anybody with a goldfish, I'm like, is it a rescue? <laughs> Does he have tags? Did you pay for him or did you rescue him? Um, adopt, don't shop, ma'am. Adopt, don't shop. Can we just protest and outside of it. I need a bumper sticker with a goldfish. Like a Walmart. A goldfish silhouette that says, adopt, Did I rescue him or did he rescue him? Oh my me? god. <laughs> as long as it's not like a Jesus fish. Because I pictured him being a Jesus fish, which is also. Oh my gosh, a that's relevant. It, huh. it kind of works. For the record, I'm not a Jesus person. We're neither Jesus. Neither. Person, but it's Jesus. okay. You know He's cool. He has some cool ideas. I just it's... don't like his followers so much. <laughs> his feed's all right, but his followers are ridiculous. So a friend of mine is, um, is, she's Catholic. You wouldn't guess it by knowing her, but she's Catholic. She goes to church Sundays and everything, unless she's hungover, which happens a lot. Catholics get to drink. That's like part oh, of it. Oh, so that's like part of the drink. <laughs> So she, we were talking, she knows I'm an atheist, and I was like, don't, like, don't feel weird about being religious around me or anything. Like, you know the saying, hate the sin, love the sinner? Yeah. She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I hate the Catholic Church, but I love Catholics. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> you as a person, you're yeah, cool. But you as a people. Terrible. Are nuts. <laughs> yeah, terribly awful. Um, I have, um, just... I just found this on the, on the Google, and I think it's relevant because it made me laugh, and we had Impossible Burgers. Oh, nice. A vegan sued Burger King over grilling of meatless Whopper. <laughs> okay. Florida man claims... Florida man, my dad. <laughs> in a class action lawsuit filed Monday in Florida, the burger chain advertises its vegan options as meat-free, even though it's been contaminated as it's being grilled on the same grill. <gasps> Huh. It's Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect? Like, oh no, what do I, you mean it's Burger King? Like me and Mike went to a Taco Bell one time and there was a girl like in front of the lines like, do you have any vegan options? I, what, you're at a Taco Bell. It's a Taco Bell. Probably not. Ask them for a, a quesadilla with no meat. Yeah. Like a, le- a lettuce. Do you, do you have chips? Like Even like the tortillas aren't vegan, huh? Because they probably have. Yeah, probably not. It's like, well, you're going to run into that wherever you go. It's going to be yeah. cross contamination. I feel like truly... that's one of those things like, okay, somebody's a vegan, they're hip, they're fresh, they're on the. They know what they're doing. Google the place before you go. Yeah. Because the, the minimum wage workers, they don't fucking know. They don't fucking care. Yeah. Like so whatever. just Google it. If it's If they have those options, they're going to advertise them. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're freaking out because there's like, there's no signage indicating that the plant-based burger would be cooked on the same grill as meat. The gentleman suffered monetary damages in the amount that he'd paid for the purchase. Six dollars. <laughs> Did they reimburse? With fries. They couldn't even give you your fucking chicken sandwich. <laughs> fucking goddamn it. Yeah. Burger King forgot my chicken sandwich tonight. That was great. <laughs> It's fucking great. I'm like, ooh, look, here's your Impossible Burgers, and here's my fries, and here- Here's a bag of fucking nothing. There's no fucking chicken sandwich. It's because you got chicken and got Impossible Burgers, and like, this bitch is eating meat. (laughs) This bitch is eating meat. She doesn't even like Impossible Burgers. Little did she know, we're grilling it on the same cooktop. Mmm. Good, because I want my plant-based burger to have the taste of meat, and that's how they do it. Cooking. (laughs) By cooking it. We get it. We we cracked the code. All right. So, I think that wraps it up. 
Thanks I mean, for hanging out. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh. Let us know how you feel, what you want to hear, what you want to see. Yeah. Like we said last week, we love your random acts of kindness. Acts of kindness. We want to hear from you. So if you have questions or comments, you can reach us at sisteraxpodcast at gmail.com. You're right. That is hard to say all together. And I already slur masses. Rebrand. Yeah, we both do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. You can also follow us on Twitter at sister underscore axe, on Instagram at sister axe podcast. And on Facebook at Sister Axe Podcast. There we there go. go. Oh. Just got to add a little kick add to it. Add a flair it. to it. We'll, right. just, we'll just record that and just re-loop it every time. Yeah. Sister <laughs> Axe Podcast. <laughs> Sounds like I'm doing like a acting exercise. This turned into ASMR real quick. Whoop, See whoop, us whoop. next time, y'all. All right. Bye. bye.